Hello, everyone, and welcome to the June 28th edition of WarComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us this week. Let's get started with our litigation report. The Court of Appeal ruled that the failure of an injured employee to request an interactive process with her employer prevented her from recovering a FIHA award. Tanya Milan, an employee at the City of Holtville Municipal Water Treatment Plant, was injured on the job. The city's workers' compensation administrator advised her more than a year later that its doctor did not believe she would be able to return to her job. The claims administrator offered her rehabilitation benefits. The employee accepted the rehabilitation benefits and did not directly contact her employer about her employment status. The city then formally terminated her employment. The employee responded with a FIHA claim against the employer under the California Fair Employment and Housing Act. She alleged that she was capable of performing the essential functions of her job and the city had failed to accommodate her disability. The trial court ruled in her favor and awarded damages for back pay and emotional distress. The Court of Appeal reversed the trial court in an unpublished opinion. The appeal court found that the employee was given ample opportunity to express interest in retaining her job, but she failed to do so. Instead, she accepted retraining benefits for another career. The FIHA statute requires that an employer engage in a timely, good-faith, interactive process in response to a request for reasonable accommodation by an employee. The court emphasized that the statute requires that the employee initiate the process. In this case, the employee failed to express any meaningful or definitive interest in retaining her job. Since that essential request for an interactive process did not occur in this case, the trial court award in favor of the employee was reversed. In another case, the Court of Appeal found that there was a lack of evidence to support an injured worker's RICO case against an employer. Here's what happened in what appears to be a very acrimonious case that has been in litigation for more than a decade. In 1994, Barbara Clark suffered a work-related injury while employed by San Joaquin Community Hospital. In 2000, she received an award for various injuries to the head and a psychiatric injury. She was awarded monetary benefits and future medical care. There were many disputes following this award regarding appropriate treatment. Clark ultimately commenced a civil action against the employer, which claimed that the employer violated the Federal Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organization Act, also known as RICO. The RICO action went to trial in September 2008. During the course of the trial, the Superior Court judge excluded letters written by the defense attorney, Dennis Hershaway. The court held that these letters were privileged pursuant to Civil Code Section 47. At the close of the case, the employer moved for a non-suit, which the court granted. Clark appealed and argued that the trial court erred in excluding the letters written by Attorney Hershaway. The Court of Appeal concluded that the non-suit at the end of trial was appropriate and that the letters were properly excluded. 
After careful review of the case, no evidence was found of the defendants engaging in unlawful activity. Clark never identified any specific allegedly fraudulent statements in any letters, even if they were admitted into evidence. The CWCI has examined data from over 600,000 claims involving $17 billion in workers' compensation benefits and reported that 200,000 of these claims involved attorneys. The study showed that attorneys were involved in 44% of all lost time claims and 86% of permanent disability claims. The data also revealed that the level of attorney involvement varies significantly in different regions of the state. Litigation is more prevalent in Southern California, with almost 50% of all cases involving attorneys. Southern California has about 10% more attorney involvement than cases in Northern California. Some of the highest rates of attorney litigation are in the areas around the Los Angeles Basin. The CWCI also noted that the San Francisco Bay Area had the lowest attorney involvement rates in the state. And now our fraud report. Stephen Harder of Woodland surrendered to authorities last week for allegedly staging and blaming a workplace accident for injuries resulting from a non-work-related car accident. Harder filed a claim with the state fund alleging that he had fallen from an excavator causing severe brain injury. He claimed his vision became very poor and that he had to live in the dark because of the injury. He also claimed that the injury affected his ability to walk. The state fund accepted his claim and began providing benefits. Later, Harder appeared in court in a wheelchair but the judge saw him walking to a restroom without his wheelchair during lunch recess. In 2008, an undercover video was obtained showing him wearing a wetsuit and engaging in mining activities. He reportedly received several hundred thousand dollars from the state fund. He was charged with one felony count of knowingly making a false statement and misrepresentation for the purpose of obtaining compensation. If convicted, he could receive up to five years in state prison and a $50,000 fine. Vista City Councilman Frank Lopez and his wife Mary Lopez have been charged with a misdemeanor alleging they failed to have workers' compensation coverage for employees of their Mexican food restaurant. Frank Lopez was elected to the Vista City Council in 2004. His term expires in 2012. The couple have owned Casa Linda Mexican Restaurant on South Santa Fe Avenue in Vista for nearly 40 years. A year-long criminal investigation was prompted by allegations by employees that Lopez repeatedly gave his workers bad payroll checks. Conviction of the misdemeanor charge carries a sentence that can range from probation to up to one year in jail. A felony conviction would bar Lopez from serving on the Vista City Council, but it does not appear a misdemeanor conviction would force him to step down. The couple's case is set for a pretrial status conference on July 22nd. The Monterey County District Attorney's Office dropped all charges against a physician's assistant in connection with the Smurfett Stone workers' compensation fraud case. Eugene Guzman, who is part owner of Pinnacle Healthcare, was tangled up in a case involving 108 felony counts against 
former Smurfit Stone managers David Polk and Douglas Tatioka. Guzman was accused of keeping false or inaccurate medical records and writing a prescription for a Smurfit Stone employee in the name of his manager so it could be used by other workers. Guzman agreed early this month to pay $30,000 in fines and provide the district attorney with ongoing access to his medical records. Prosecutors continue to pursue related criminal charges against Salinas chiropractors Stephen Davis and Robert Ray Schreiner and physical therapist Steve Zasky of Salinas and Craig Schmitz of Scotts Valley. And now in medical news, Sharon Hoffman, professor of law and bioethics and co-director of Case Western Reserve's Law Medicine Center, and Andy Pogurski, professor of computer science at the university's School of Engineering, published an article in the Berkeley Technology Law Journal that claims that use of electronic health records without proper regulation or preparation may put doctors at increased risk of malpractice. They further claim that doctors may not be fully aware of the potential risk. That paper came after previous publications by the two professors on security and privacy issues related to electronic health records. Liability can arise when there are software bugs or when the systems are too complicated and the users are not properly trained. There is also risk of liability in the event of the breach of a patient's privacy rights. The authors argue that without intervention and sound guidance from government and medical organizations, technology may encumber rather than support clinicians and may hinder rather than promote healthcare improvements. The New England Journal of Medicine published articles expressing both sides to the ongoing concerns about the health risks of CT scans. Some experts want the FDA to step in to protect patients. Others argue against FDA regulation, which may keep companies from investing in new innovations. Recent studies of accidental radiation overdoses has caught the attention of the FDA. A CT scan of the chest exposes a patient to more than 100 times the radiation of an x-ray and scans of the abdomen are roughly 400 times the radiation of an x-ray. The National Council on Radiation Protection and Measurement found that Americans receive seven times more radiation from scans today than they did in 1980. Part of the problem is that there are no uniform standards for how much radiation is needed to produce a scan. One of the authors from the University of California, San Francisco, claims that radiation doses are higher than they should be and they vary dramatically within and between facilities. This author is calling for the FDA to regulate CT scans. And in other news, Broadspire has launched a new alternative dispute resolution process. It is the first such program offered by a national TPA to the unionized workers' compensation market. California SB 983 enabled employers and unions in the construction and other closely related in industries to implement alternatives to statutory compensation. These are known as carve-out programs. 
Ten years after the passage of SB 983 came SB 228, which expanded legislation to cover all California unionized industries. 33 other states have followed California's lead and have specific or enabling ADR language. Broadspire reported that they have an effective ADR solution in all 33 states. The Broadspire solution can be implemented with fully insured, law-sensitive, self-insured, or Taft-Hartley trust programs. Collectively bargained workers' compensation supposedly provides enhanced medical delivery, significant cost savings, and improved management relations. Independent studies conducted by Cornell University and the CWCI have found ADR programs result in a 26% reduction in average length of claims, 58% savings in average cost of claims, and 36% reduction in litigation rates. The City of Maywood's plan to close the police department has expanded to a plan to lay off all its employees and turn over its municipal operations to a neighboring city by the end of June. The California Joint Powers Insurance Authority notified Maywood that it was terminating general liability and workers' compensation coverage because of the high risk. The City Council adopted a plan to contract out all services except for the City Council, which will continue to set policy. City officials claim they had no choice but to adopt the plan, as the city has been unable to obtain insurance. During a contentious city council meeting, opponents of the plan accused city council members of managing the city incompetently. Experts say Maywood is the only case where the city has dismissed almost all top positions. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and our special reports using your iPhone, your iPod, or your iPad by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foltz with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us, and please stop by again next week for more news.